0: Good morning, church. What a blessing it is to to know that we are in the way and on our way, on our way home to be with God. What a blessing it is and an honor. It is great to see you here this morning, both members and visitors alike. We thank God for your presence with us today, and we thank God for you worshiping with us. Let's go to God together in prayer, please. A great and merciful Heavenly Father, we... We praise your holy and divine name. We lift your name up. We recognize, Lord God, that your name is to be hallowed, for it is hallowed, separate from all else. We ask, Lord God, that you'll bless us as we worship this morning in your name. Friends, our worship will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight in accordance to your will and your way. Help us, Lord God, to value Jesus and to Keep our minds from worldly thought that we might focus only on You and on Your Word, Your will, and Your way. Thank You for all that You've done and for all that You do and for all that You will do. It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray and thank Thee that be Thy will. Amen. Malachi chapter 3. So we've, we've gone through. We're in the 39th book speaking only of Jesus. And um been a wonderful opportunity to present these lessons to you, uh, thinking about Jesus and revealing Jesus in every book of the Old Testament. And in the in the uh, evening lessons, we talked about John because John was the way preparer for Jesus, and we're going to look at John just for a moment so we can get right back in to Jesus. We begin in Malachi, the message that God brings to Malachi, that Malachi brings to us, that is going to have a twofold connotation in the lesson. And that is, the Messiah is coming. And then we're going to think about it later. The Messiah is coming. Malachi 3, in verse 1. Behold, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Speaks of John bringing the message about Jesus, who is to come. In chapter 4, Malachi, in verse 5, the Bible says, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. And so, God sent John. Matthew, please, chapter 11. We'll come back to Malachi chapter 3 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 11, and John was the one who prepared the way. And you might ask the question, why is it that God had to prepare the way for Jesus? Well, first, let's read Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 7. And as these were going away, Jesus began to speak to the multitudes about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind. But what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's palaces. But why did you go out? To see a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet. This is the one of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent men take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you care to accept it, he himself is Elijah who was to come. And so there was this prophetic message about John who would come to prepare the way for Jesus. But why did God have to prepare the hearts of the people But Jesus, well, let's take a look and let's see. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world, enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. The people were not ready to, for God. They, they didn't receive Jesus. He was the rejected Messiah. But did this all of a sudden happen just with this generation of people? Turn back to Ezekiel. Here's what God has been doing throughout, throughout history. He has been trying to bring people, his people in particular, in Ezekiel chapter 3 back to him. He's been trying to get his people to listen to him, to receive him. And when John comes along and John preaches, the people still have not changed their attitudes about God. Ezekiel 3, beginning at verse 4. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. But you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel nor to many peoples of unintelligible speech or difficult language, whose words you cannot understand. But I have sent you to them who should listen to you. Yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you since they are not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces, and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like emery harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them or be dismayed before them, though they are a rebellious house. Wait, they wouldn't listen to God? We, we could fast forward this, couldn't we? Could we fast forward this to the world today? And then And then scary. Could we fast forward this to the church? Are we a little rebellious and obstinate? Are we, are we ready for Jesus? Are we ready for God? Is our heart, our minds, are they in the right place this morning? Is God our number one? Is God our all? God said, Ezekiel, I'm sending you to people. They're not going to listen to you. They should listen to you because they understand your words, but they're not going to, to listen to you because they won't even listen to me Jeremiah Jeremiah chapter 25 uh, beginning at verse uh, verse 3 From the 13th year of Josiah the son of Amon king of Judah even to this day these 23 years the word of the Lord has come to me and I have spoken to you again and again but you have not listened And the Lord has sent to you all his servants, the prophets, again and again. But you have not listened nor inclined your ear to hear, saying, Turn now everyone from his evil way and from the evil of your deeds and dwell in the land which the Lord has given to you and your fathers forever and ever. And do not go after other gods to serve them and to worship them. And do not provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. And I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, in order that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Why wouldn't they listen? Well... (laughs) They listened to the stuff that was good. You know, God said, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to give you that. And they were like, yes, thank you, God. But then when God said, but these are the things that require of you, they were like, well, wait a minute, God. You know, we listen to the good stuff, right? The stuff that we like, but the stuff that we really don't like too much, we don't really listen to that. We want to get rid of that. You know, and it's funny like going that through, going through preacher school years and years and years ago and going through college and university and, and you hear things like, well, you know, uh, we can't preach fire and brimstone sermons anymore. People won't listen to it. You know, you can't preach this in the Word anymore. People won't listen to it. And at some point, you've got to realize, if you're going to be a preacher, you've got to preach the Word whether they listen or not. And God said, Jeremiah, go preach to the people, but they're not going to listen to you. In other words, Jeremiah, your job is not to police the people, your job is to preach the word. Jeremiah 44. They wouldn't listen. Jeremiah 44. So when John the Immerser, John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way, he was trying to get these evil hearts to humble themselves and listen to Jesus. The world was upside down then too, church. It's upside down now. It was upside down then as well. And Jesus came to turn it back up. Get us right The message came. The message was clear. In Jeremiah 44 and verse 16. Listen to their response. As for the message that you have spoken to us. In the name of the Lord. We are not going to listen to you. Well at least they told him. Right. I mean at least they were honest and upfront. We're just not going to listen. John came. And John prepared the way for Jesus. For rebellious and an obstinate people. Romans chapter. Romans chapter 10. And here's what's interesting. Even though Jesus came and John prepared the way, yet, yet people still refused to listen, even though Jesus was standing right in front of them. And John, uh, if you will, uh, uh, excuse me, Paul, by inspiration, quotes, if you will, the Old Testament idea of this rebellious and obstinate people, and he applies it to the people of his day. In verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they are sent, just as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. However, they did not all heed the glad tidings. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed, our report. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And So here I'm listening to this Bible, I'm listening to God, and God is telling me, brothers, you, you need to have more faith. Peter, oh, ye of little faith. The apostles, oh, ye of little faith. Church, oh, ye of little faith. And he say, God, well, well, how do I increase my faith? And he says, faith comes by hearing. Are we reading the Bible? Are we taking the time to hear the message of God? Oh, we're just not ready. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, but I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed, they have. Their voice has gone out in all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? At the first, Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who sought me not. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, all the day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. And so now he says, you know, Jews and Gentiles together in God, in Christ. And for so long the Jews refused to listen. The Gentiles listened. And now I wonder today, are are we listening? Their line has gone out, speaking of the sun, the moon, all that God has made. And it's speaking to us every single day. Are we listening? And I'll tell you something. People were lost then. And in the days of Jesus, people were lost. And today, people are lost. And on Judgment Day, people are going to be lost. You see, there's still the saved and the lost. Are we listening? Are we listening? Matthew, please, chapter 23. Are we listening? This is a very real life, Christianity, the life of faith. And though things don't look so great in our world today, are we listening? Are we listening? Sometimes uh, I find myself getting so wrapped up and caught up in the world. Just forget about what you've got right here. You ever done that before? I many years ago I used to do that? So caught up with what was going on over there, I wasn't even thinking about what's going on here. You ever thought about that? What's, what are your brethren doing? What's going on in the Lord's church? What can we do to help? It's so wrapped up in the world that we forget about God's business. And God's business has to be number one in our lives. Are we listening? Matthew 23, verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Verse 15. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel about on sea and land to make one a proselyte, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. They just weren't, they weren't listening. The scribes and the Pharisees were so arrogant and so prideful. Concerned about their nation and only their nation. That many of them missed heaven because of that. Am I struggling with pride today? Am I listening? Malachi, please. Chapter 3. Skip all the way down to verse 6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? You see, through God's mercy and, and patience and in kindness and humility. God is forever, has forever been since the beginning of man, since the sin of man, trying to get mankind to come back to him. That's what God wants. God does not want any to perish, but for all to be saved. God has been working and working and working at trying to get people, us, to turn our hearts back to Him. He's trying to bring the world, if you will, around to to coming to Him. So coming to Him, and then when we come to Him, we fall away from Him, and He's trying to get us to come back to Him. Where are you in your walk of faith? And are you listening? Are you listening to Jesus? Jeremiah, please, chapter 3. God's call to us to try to, To get mankind to come back to Him. Man lives. And man sins. And God says, Come back to me. Jeremiah 3 and verse 22. Of all the wickedness and evil, He says, Return, O faithless sons, I will heal your faithlessness. Behold, we come to thee, for thou art the Lord our God. If you'll come back, if you'll come back, he says, I'll heal you. I'll take you back. Where are you today in your faith? Isaiah 55. Where are you today in your walk of faith? John prepared the way. Jesus came And Jesus wants us, Jesus loves us, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Where is Jesus in your walk of faith today in your heart? Isaiah 55 verse 6, Jesus is coming. But the Bible says in verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, the inference there is, there's a time when God will not be able to be found, right? Right? in my personal life i may walk so far away from god that i I just can't find him not that he's far not that he's far but i'm not willing to look for jesus there i don't want that jesus are we ready are we prepared to receive jesus into our hearts call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. God wants us back. That's nice. You say, well, well, that was in the Old Testament preacher. Turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Not only does God want us back, Jesus died for us that we might be able to return to our God. And God says in verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We might not have let James preach too long in this auditorium. (laughs) We might have said, James, you need to probably sit down. Don't call us sinners. Don't identify us. Rather, preach good stuff to us. And then Paul wants us to understand the mindset that we wrestle with, that we struggle with in Ephesians chapter 2. The things that we have been delivered from, we cannot forget what we have been delivered from. And be thankful to God for his grace. What have I been delivered from, Lord? Verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead, preacher, in your transgressions and sins your trespasses and sins, in which you were formerly walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Wait, are you saying that I was following Satan? Yes, you were. And you were his child. And you loved it. But then God woke me up. How about you this morning? Man, I know we're still struggling in our walk of faith. But where are you in your walk of faith? Jesus came. God prepared the way, the hearts. God prepared the hearts. He came. Salvation is ours if you want it. How many of us are throwing it away? Where is God in our lives? Is he our number one? Or am I still wrestling with the principalities of the air and they still have a grip on me? Verse 3 says, Among them we all, we to all, formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God's not like us. <laughs> but, but God, in verse 4, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even while we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Thank you, God. Now, the question is this. What are you going to do with that? What are we going to do with that? Are we going to throw that away? He brought salvation to the Jews. He brought salvation to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles wouldn't listen. The Jews wouldn't listen. Am I listening? Am I listening to God? Malachi, please. Chapter 3. Malachi presents to us by way of inspiration this powerful message about Jesus. And in verse 1 he says, Behold, I am going to send my messenger and he will clear the way before me. Speaking of Jesus. And the Lord whom you seek as Jesus will suddenly come to his temple and, to, and the messenger of the covenant as Jesus in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming says the Lord of hosts. Jesus is characterized, if you will, in this text as the Lord whom you seek as the messenger of the covenant and no man can be saved without Jesus. Okay, I know know that, preacher, but um, I don't know that I'm ready to live my life 100% for Jesus. Malachi said Jesus is coming. Jesus came. Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Is your heart ready for Jesus? Because he's coming back. And I know what happens. What happens in our minds because of complacency. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. It happens to us all. You see, it's been about 2,000 years now, and Jesus hasn't come back. And even in James, they were wondering about that. They were saying themselves um, in, in, in this. They were saying themselves, you know, uh, Mike, go back to Hebrews 3. I'm sorry, go backwards. Um, they were saying to themselves, uh, you know, over and over again, well, he hasn't come back. Everything's the same. Everything's the same. He hasn't come back. And we're probably saying the same thing, right? We're, you know, he hasn't come back yet. It's been over 2,000 years. He's not coming back in my lifetime. I have time. Do you? Because Jesus coming back and my death, I may precede Jesus' return in my death. No one knows what's going to happen an hour from now. None of us. Are you ready to meet your God? See, God brought John. And John worked on the hearts of the people. Reminded them of God and God's righteousness. And he said to them, Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All the prophecies are fulfilled in Jesus. He's coming. And he came. And now the New Testament continues to tell us over and over again that Jesus is coming back to get his people and judge the world. And The question I ask you this morning as we wrap this lesson up is your heart and has your lifestyle been acceptable to Jesus so that when he returns You're ready? That's the question. Hebrews 3, verse 7. The Bible says, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Well, your fathers tried me in testing me and saw my works for 40 years. And therefore, I was angry with this generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. And they do not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Why do we do that? What Why? <laughs> We know what God has done for us. Why? Why do, why do we do that? Why do we so quickly and easily forget how great God is and how great God has been in our lives and we so easily and so quickly go astray in our minds? And then the God who was number 1 when I was sick and in trouble And in difficulty and needed prayer, he was number one. But once that prayer was answered, we just moved him back down on the list. Why do we do that? Remember 9-11? God went from like number 10 to number 1. And then soon after, it wasn't like like two weeks later, he was back down to 10 again. Chapter 4, verse 7. He again fixes a certain day. Today, saying through David after so long a time, just as it has been said before, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Isn't the Holy Spirit trying to tell us something? And back to chapter 3 now, in verse 12. Take care, brethren, unless... Oh, wait, now he's talking to us. <laughs> All right. Here, we'll, we'll get it. Let's, let's close it out, right? What, what the best way to close this whole series out is to think about Jesus. What do you want to tell us, Jesus? The Holy Spirit says, take care, brethren, lest there should be in any one of you an evil and unbelieving heart and falling away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of, of sin, so the first thing he tells us is make make sure your heart's not unbelieving and you and you fall away from God. And, and then he and then he says, "Hey, church, encourage each other. That's kind of our job, right? To encourage one another." And then verse fourteen: For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. While it is said today, if you hear His voice. You think the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us something? Do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. The lesson is yours this morning. There's nothing more that can be said. This morning, if you're not a Christian, we encourage you to surrender your life to him having heard his word and believed it in times past and even today. you'll have godly sorrow in your heart, repentance, if you'll confess his name, be baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins, you can be made right. You can walk with Jesus until the day that you leave this earth. And this morning, if you're a child of God and you've you've been struggling with that prince of the power of the air, and now you're ready to surrender your life to God, you no longer want to harden your heart. This morning, if we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.